Yo, I'm Shay Serrano. And I'm Brandon Jinx Jenkins. We have a new show called No Skips with Jinx and Shay. In it, we discuss the most unskippable albums in hip-hop history. New episodes drop on Thursdays, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Kaz, cold open question of the week. What's up, Dave? Would you rather go to Las Vegas for SummerSlam? Yes, you, don't even finish it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. More sporting events, especially wrestling events in Las Vegas. Absolutely. You don't even need to finish the sentence. But go ahead, uh, I guess. I'm not even going to. Let's get started with the show. <laughs> What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're listening to this. You're YouTube. listening to. And you are listening to the. You're listening, listening, you're listening to. You're listening to the Masked Man the Show. The Masked Man 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 Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We had a SummerSlam announcement. We have SummerSlam with fans. We knew WWE was going to be back on the road by then, but it's official. We're doing SummerSlam in Las Vegas, Nevada at Allegiant Stadium. It's going to be a whole big thing. We saw the home of the Raiders. (laughs) (laughs) I think I saw what the footprint is right now, what the floor plan is right now, and they're not trying to fill the whole whole thing out, but they're still trying to sell a ton of tickets for a SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, every wrestling fan is just like so, so excited just to have announcements like this being made and to have the potential of going. I mean, this is just incredible stuff. The the the, the flip side of it, the thing that I've heard a couple times in a couple different ways from a couple different sources, both online and directly to myself, is uh, that WWE is like, feels like they need a real win right now. Like this has to, this, this, this is, they're kind of shooting the moon on this a little bit because this is going to be this year's tentpole, right? This is like, for, forget WrestleMania 2021. We're putting all of our eggs in the SummerSlam basket right now. Yeah, they can use it. They can use the shot in the arm right now, I, I suppose, you know, especially after everything that's been happening with, you know, releases and just the negative press and, you know, just, yeah, yeah they could definitely use it. And SummerSlam is the best place to do it. I've always looked at SummerSlam as fan-friendly WrestleMania, where it's like, Whatever you didn't like at WrestleMania, we'll make sure to retcon that by SummerSlam. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's exactly right. I, I've always referred to it, or I've referred to it frequently as WrestleMania for marks. I mean, it's like it you know, we don't <laughs> we don't get as much of the legends coming back, the celebrity matches, the the just the kind of popcorn matchy kind of stuff. The you know the the, the mixed tags, all that kind of you know the things that just sort of like pop a casual or or one thinks uh, or the, the assumption is that they pop the casual fan. This is this is the this is where you know, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan get their chance to shine. Yeah, the, yeah, it's the event where you know it's it's almost like a here you go. Like I know you enjoyed WrestleMania. If you did, great. If not, SummerSlam is where we kind of make it up to you. It's like it's like a giant. It's like a collective hour bed for anything that that didn't go right during the year. So I don't even know what basket this falls into, but I I just said SummerSlam is usually not the celebrity or the or the uh, sorry the 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 legend you know part timer match that we usually do those at WrestleMania. There are a couple of you know big names that sort of declined WrestleMania or weren't at WrestleMania this year because of 
you know, because it wasn't in front of a live crowd, because of COVID, because of everything else. And by the way, we, you know, I've said a couple also, of times. Also, Tampa. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I've said a couple of times over the past several months, just, in, just, you know, in reference to decisions WWE's making, that maybe they're saving things for when they get back on the road. I think this maybe puts it a little bit more in focus, that maybe they've just been saving things for the SummerSlam build for the past couple of months, even during WrestleMania season. Maybe they were just pushing pause on a couple of opportunities because they already had their eye on this. Now, the reason why I say that is because there's a couple of big rumors that are out there right now. Big rumors. I could, I, I think I could confirm one or two. Well, maybe. Okay. So one, but I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to get dirt I, sheet on you. On which one? Yeah. Which one do you want to do, do first? The one rumor. I'll I'll do the. I'll do what to me is the less the slightly less exciting one first. One rumor mm-hmm. is that Brock Lesnar is going to be coming back at SummerSlam. He's going to okay. have a match there. Okay. Uh, okay. I've heard of that. Up, and 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 specifically, someone referenced a Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar match, and then Meltzer, I think, came off the top rope with the. Maybe they're just not. There's some people saying save Lesnar for WrestleMania or save Lesnar for the Roman Reigns match at WrestleMania so that because that's going to draw that would be crazy if they were saving things for WrestleMania Oof. at SummerSlam 2021, especially with the potential that it would never happen. Anyway, that's number <laughs> one. And number two is Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Yes, I, I've, I've heard that too. But that's not the one I want to confirm, or I can oh. confirm. I, oh. I, I, I can. I don't want to super duper confirm it, but I saw it on on a, on an Instagram page on on a website, and it's probably not as exciting as Brock Lesnar and John Cena. But the the Bella Twins, oh. I'm hearing the Bella Twins have have confirmed a uh, a return this year to WWE, wow. and uh, you know I. I uh, this isn't too much of a shock. I know we talked about it before. We did we, uh, we did film some some WWE Untolds that are coming up, and um, I did film one for the Bella Twins and Stephanie McMahon SummerSlam uh, match a few years ago. And if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, and you know the the time when that would air, it might air around that time. So I'm like, yeah, you know, this this I think this might check out. If all things. Considered, and I think the the Bellas uh, have have already mentioned that the, that a comeback is imminent. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's I'm rolling with that. I think the Bella Twins are are, are are on the return, and I think that you can almost say you heard that here first on you, the Bass Man Show. It's it's fun. Well, yeah, lock it in. Guys. Or a second, fun, I guess. It's funny because there was also a news bit this week, which I didn't even put on our outline that the the total Bellas is ending, and that looked like the rationale was that some of the extended Bella family, mostly their kids and maybe even Daniel Bryan weren't so stoked on the idea of being on a reality show anymore. Um, the Nikki said she didn't want to raise her kid in front of the camera and et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know, maybe that maybe, maybe they're re they're reuniting to keep that, you know, keep those paychecks coming in, but may, but who knows, regardless, I mean, the Bellas were such an, are going to be such an interesting duo to look back on in terms of their, their place in, women's wrestling in WWE they're had a place in the women's revolution they uh there's a lot, it's it's incredibly intriguing the bella twins are like the doctor strange of the WWE diva slash woman superstar universe <laughs> like they connect to all generations <laughs> like they were they were in yes. the diva search they were the first people on give divas a chance like it was their match that sparked this whole thing that that we're in on now um they kind of ushered in that the butterfly belt uh era and you know they sort of ushered in the the era of the four horsewomen as well so it's like they've touched so many parts of you know what the women's revolution kind of turned into and on top of that they they're the fact that Total Divas has been running for what 12 seasons now 13 I don't know they've they've had they're in double digit seasons at this point the Bella Twins, just as much as any wrestler, are as responsible for, male or female, are responsible for as much mainstream attention that the WWE gets, because specifically because of that show, because of Total Divas, Total Bellas, and all that stuff. So they're, they're, the way to kind of look back at them in these past several years has always been pretty weird to me, because and it's while it was happening... No, nobody would, nobody gave, you know, nobody would give them that much props. 
Like you have like the ironic marks and be like, oh yeah, you know, Nikki Bella actually could go. You know what I'm saying? Or Brie Bella is actually like a, 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 a very talented. But as it was happening, everybody just couldn't wait for these NXT superstars to kind of come up and like make this thing happen. But like, it's it's going to be really interesting to see where they go from there. It's going to be really interesting to see how they're used and how they're viewed now as, as they've kind of gone away for a little bit. And strangely enough, they kind of got that John Cena thing going on where it's like, you didn't realize how much you're going to miss these people until they're not around. And, you know, when they come back, they're going to make things insanely more interesting, especially in, in, in the women's division that's just burgeoning at the moment. So I, I'm, 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 I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued at that. I know it's not Lesnar and Cena, uh, which I think is, should happen as well. I mean, fast, Fast Nine is coming. You know, we love a good crossover. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's nice to get fight sports back in Vegas. So having Brock come back there doesn't necessarily seem like too much of a stretch either. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I feel like this is going to be the time where they pull out a lot of, uh, pull some big punches and go for some big wins, uh, you know, especially when it's time to hit the road again. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think you hit on it right there in the end. This is another sign that SummerSlam is going to be, or they're trying to book SummerSlam to be super duper mega epic, right? I mean, this is, it's a big deal. Um, the Lesnar thing is interesting. I mean, I, just the presumption that he's going to be back now, that that they're going back on the road and kind of shifting back into full gear or whatever, no pun intended. But the, but the, so, I mean, and so I'm kind of excited to see whatever they do with them. If they do save him for, the, the whole thing about the idea that he needs to, be, we're going to save him for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania is just so dumb. It doesn't even need to be discussed. <laughs> I mean, you, why on earth would you just assume that one or both of those guys, that both of those guys would be like healthy and and employed by you at WrestleMania? It's crazy. It's crazy <laughs> yeah. and willing to do the math. Whatever else, I mean, there's just too too many too many too variables. many variables, man. You just you, it, it, I'm not I'm not a fan of uh, waiting that long for Brock Roman. Um, but I mean Brock Lashley, unless you got unless you got Roman Rock for WrestleMania. I mean that's that's what that would be the only thing that yeah. really supersedes that, right? Yeah, I mean, and maybe Roman, this Roman Cena rumor, maybe that's step one to getting to Roman Rock or whatever. Roman Cena would be bonkers. I mean, I, I like Roman versus Cena and Lashley versus versus Lesnar. If they pulled that off, this is probably the biggest SummerSlam ever. Also, I have no idea who we're cheering for in either of those matches, <laughs> um, which is kind of wild that you could have two certifiable dream matches without actually having to contemplate who the baby face is in, in either Paul one. Heyman. That's what we're yeah. doing <laughs> for the, the existential crisis that's going to go on with him. I think that's going to be really interesting if they ever pull that off. But no, I'm 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 excited, man. I'm excited. Uh, there's, there's those Cardi B rumors floating around of her possibly either being a host or somehow being involved at SummerSlam as well. And she's very much a wrestling fan. Like she does not hide it. She's out there with it. And everybody on the roster absolutely loves her. And after Bad Bunny this year, I mean, is it too much of a stretch to see a Bella Twins and Cardi <laughs> B tag match happen at WrestleMania? Like, I think, listen, if you're bringing back the Bella Twins and you're going to SummerSlam and you're using Up by Cardi B as the theme song for SummerSlam months ahead of the actual date, you got to have something locked in with her, right? You got to have something in the bag. And I mean, Cardi's got an album dropping. They have been trying to figure out, like she's gone on record on Twitter and said like she would love to pull up to WWE one day. She talked to Wale about it. She's talked to Sasha Banks about it, Carmella, everybody. Like SummerSlam has the possibility and the potential to be one of the most interesting pay-per-views of like a generation just because of this is what the first big event post Thunderdome era, right? It should be the first pay per view. If it's not, if money, if money in the bank isn't before then, which I don't think it is, it would be SummerSlam, and all the potential for all these big names in a new stadium in Las Vegas. There's a lot to be. There's a lot to be kind of excited there about. But give me Cardi B, man. Get Cardi B in the Performance Center. Get her on that Bad Bunny training program. Take some hip tosses. 
do a Vader bomb and let's sell some damn records, WWE. <laughs> let's get it. Can we touch back on the 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 Las Vegas aspect of this again yes. real quick? Yes. Uh, you know, when when wrestling takes over a place or goes, you know, whatever, it's it's always a good time. Um, there's a lot of uh, it, it, there's very few cities that are just sort of made to be taken over, and you're never going to take over something the size of of, of of Las Vegas. It's not the same as a smaller market. But I did summer league there once, twice, I guess, at the Ringer, and or one, no, I guess just once at the Ringer. Been there for other you know big events too. It, it's a fun. It is. It is a. It's a fun spot, man. There's certain cities that are just made for these sort of events, like, you know, things that are very condensed and easy to get in and out of, right? Like the the New Orleans of the world. That's why New Orleans is always fun to do sporting events. Vegas also. Not so much New York, not so much LA. Like, it's great. It's nice. It's a big city. It's flashy, whatever. But just like the actual event space and oh, yeah. the, 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 the condensed nature of what these big like sporting weekends tend to be. You mentioned summer league, you know, I've been to Vegas for summer league as well and some other things. And it's like, it's good to be able to jump and get to event to event with like a $5 or $10 cab ride or less than a mile ride. You know what I'm saying? So like getting back in Vegas and you know, it's not like you can get most places in Vegas without going outside. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, <laughs> you can get you like can. two miles down the strip without like going out into the sun. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a strange, it's a, in so many ways a bizarre place to be, but it's also pretty wonderful. And that's just, that, that's just taking this, like setting aside, like, you know, that you might find some other extracurriculars there that you enjoy doing. So, you know, it's a, some, some, I think I've heard. So I've heard there's some extracurriculars you could take part in uh, in Las Vegas. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, it'll be, it, it'll be a good time. And, uh, it, it's just exciting that they're it's exciting to have something to look forward to with WWE, you know, and we're not just, we're not on here just talking about releases or whatever. Speaking of which, the other big news of the week um, is that we had a very special debut on this past weekend's AEW Dynamite. Um, can we do an excuse me sound drop here, John? Excuse me! Excuse me! Vicky Guerrero came out, did the excuse me. Her heat was so crazy that she didn't even get the, no one even heard what she was saying, which is wonderful of them to use her in this moment and everything else. But like Andrade came out, he's your new AEW star. They actually had, it was a really interesting misdirect because the thing that should have, something that in another time would have been a clue that AEW and, and Andrade were sort of, you know, lining up would have been that this, the, the announcement of the Omega Andrade match, right? The, the triple A championship, match. but but people sort of use that as a reason to think they weren't going to work together, right? That like you know that they that 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 AEW would have wanted that to be a secret if there was going to be a big debut or whatever. It ended up working there in their way, regardless, and and you know and, and it was a huge surprise, and everybody's immediately where they, they had where they you know were obviously going to be, which is just, I mean, Andrade is just a perfect fit. How do for you AEW. look at that dude and 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 not see? I mean, obviously everyone sees stars in him like he's he's been in big places and as as usually shined but he's not somebody i worried about when he was released i i looked at him and i'm like you know the first thing i always i've i've found myself saying on twitter every time these these releases happen in wwe is hey guys not everyone could go to AEW. they have enough people they are very top heavy i know they have a new show coming out as well but you know, not everyone can go to AEW. But Andrade, you can definitely go. I want to see you there. <laughs> I want to see you go and do that. But yeah, the triple A, the, the triple mania thing kind of was was a, a, a nice little misdirect because I thought he was gonna go and just kind of be the king of Mexico and, and run things down there. And then maybe you would eventually work him back into dynamite and and, and you know that whole Kenny Omega uh belt collector storyline that's going on over there. He looked like such a star when he walked out. Like, you look at that dude, and he's just like, who gives a flying fudge if his English is broken a little bit, (laughs) right? Just look at him. Just look at him. God, he's handsome. Look at his suits. (laughs) Ponytail, gray hair. And now you you got one of the greatest heaters in the history of heaters in Vicky Guerrero, like, calling you? 
And you're like the 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 great Latin star. Like you've been like the chosen one of the great Latin stars uh, for for several years now. Even when you were La Sombra, like come on, man, that's money. That's money. That is that is a dude where you know the same way. I didn't think. I don't think everybody's a slam dunk just because they go to AEW, right? Like there's been times where we've had people like Matt Cardona show up, have you know uh, Matt Hardy show up. The only like two people, two or three people, I can't even think of them two, but the one the one person I thought once he went to AEW, I'm like, WWE is gonna 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 be kind of tight that they let that go was Miro slash Rusev. Like once he got him there, I was like, yeah, that's a dude that he's 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 made for that place, he's gonna be a star, and I feel like they're gonna put him in position to only be successful. And we're seeing it now. It took a while. There was a little bit of missteps here and there, but like now we're seeing Miro as like the potential megastar he really can be. And I'm thinking Andrade is in the same boat. I think what makes both of them fit that description in your mind, and you can throw Luke Harper in there too. Yes, uh, yes. Brody oh my Lee, God, rest is, in peace, Brody. Yeah, I mean, but, but, I, but Brody Lee is, is um, already feel, I mean, it feels like a first generation AEW star, even though he wasn't, even though he was, you know, a surprise signing and everything else. But the thing that Miro and just to take those two, the thing that Miro and and uh, Andrade have in common is that the degree to which they had, like their untapped potential, was just so self evident. It wasn't like even Brody Lee was a little bit like there was a lot of emphasis on the fantasy when you were doing fantasy booking. Now he's an incredibly gifted guy with a great look and in his in ring he could do everything. But in terms of like Andrade and Miro, and obviously you can put Alistair Black in this boat too. Like we've said over and over again, like a, a, like anybody could have booked any of those three guys into the WrestleMania main event. And, and the WWE seemed like in so many, in so many times they were like actively working against the most obvious best path for all of them. Right. Miro's a good example. You know, all that stuff he was, I mean, even setting aside the comedy aspects or like, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt, like you got it, whatever. It was just so much. It was just, it was just so lousy, you know I mean? And, and, and that's why when you see them go to AEW, it's not even so much like, oh, WWE's going to regret this. They're going to, yeah, they're going to be, it's going to be big. It's like, no, they're, they're going to regret this because these guys are finally going to get the opportunity to do the obvious thing, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the thing that bothered me, man. Like the funny thing is Miro and Andrade were two people I got to work with a lot uh, when I was at WWE, especially, especially Miro. And he was a guy that, I, I, you know, there's certain folks that when you were when you were doing when I was doing creative that I was just like supremely honored that they even trusted me to like mm-hmm. work with them. Right. And like Rusev at the time was at the top of that list. So once I once it's it sucks on one hand because it's like, you know. You, you you know they could be doing so much more, and you want to do so much more. And when you're when you're writing for them, and you're trying to do the best you can with the time you're given, you want to make sure that dude looks as great as he possibly can. Because as a fan first, you see that like this guy is ridiculously talented. Could be the could end any show. Could be at the top of any card. Could be the main heel on any wrestling promotion on the planet. And it sucks sometimes where it doesn't work out the way you expect it to work out. Andrade was different where everything with him was so evident, so evident as far as like entering ability. He had great size, great, uh, a great gimmick. You know, he had a great heater in Zelina and she was like kind of taken off too at the same time. Like the way they both kind of hit each other at the same time, it was just like, this is, this is, this isn't, this is perfect. Like who's, who would, who would, who in their right mind would want to break this up or mess this up? And a lot of times just kind of it goes into, you know, things just really not being in your hands and maybe timing doesn't work out the way it is. Or you get to a point where this is going to be the best thing that happens for you. Like we see what's happening with Moxley. We see what's happening with what, what happened with Brody Lee. Rest in peace. We see what's happened with Miro. And you see Andrade walk in there with Vicky Guerrero and you're like, if they if they, if they can see it, <laughs> and they've been in business for like five minutes, how can anybody else not see that? You know, so I'm really hoping for for the best for for both of those guys, man, because they are they are two of my absolute favorites on the planet. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, speaking of, of interpromotional run-ins, uh, we've got a very, very special guest who Uh-oh. just popped up right now. Dan St. Germain, welcome back to the Masked Man Show. How are you doing, my friend? I promise you I will be less awkward than Tony Khan on Impact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bar is remarkably low, Dan. Yes, the bar, the bar is actually under my feet already. So I'm already above the bar and I just started. Uh I'm good, man. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk wrestling with you guys. Take a break from uh, Wrestle Roast, the podcast that I host. Shameless plug. Uh, excited to talk about what's going on now. Dan, there's nothing shameless about any plug, okay? You plug the fuck away. That's what, what? I <laughs> so, have for you, Cass. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to get your take on on Andrade at AEW and some of the other stuff we've been talking about. But first, I do want to ask you about Wrestle Roast. Is there a moment when you're doing, like in, the, in recent, in, in, you've recently done... Let me think. Ultimate Warrior, Jerry the King Lawler, Macho Man Randy Savage. Now, is there a moment in any of these when you're like writing material and you're like, I want to make sure I don't get blackballed from ever attending a WWE event again and it changes a joke you might tell? <laughs> um, WWE is less butthurt than AEW about that kind of stuff. You know, like, like the, the, the companies or the ta- or, or the fans? Uh, both. Absolutely. Ooh. WWE, well, I mean, (laughs) uh, AEW, you know, like, first off, the fans, we get ripped apart. Like, uh, if anyone gets angry at us, it's because AEW fans. And we're pretty... You don't say, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) You don't say. Every week, every week, we basically... We basically heap praise on Dynamite if it's a good show and SmackDown if it's a good show. We always are like, oh, NXT, that's pretty good. And Monday Night Raw is it's a journey, wrong. man. <laughs> it's a dark journey, not, yeah. not to be confused with the valet in WCW. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I there hasn't been a time where here's the thing, man. It's like we start out every roast. If you haven't listened to the show yet, it's it's. It's one of my favorite things that I've ever done. It's it's a blast. Um, but uh, we start out with a segment called Bright Side of the Ring, where we talk about how great this wrestler is. Because we don't have the wrestler on the show, we're like, well, you know, we, we should at least, you know, like not just not just have a burial, you know, at least have a zero-sum game by the end of the podcast. So I think that anybody who listens to the show, you know, like we're doing Sting this week, and it's the least mean joke, roast jokes I've ever written. Um, you know, like some of we did a we did a Patreon episode of Rusty and Punk. Some of those got mean, but also the praise was the highest we've ever probably given in a, in a bright side of the ring. So uh, I think we're really fair. It's not just like, a, you know, it's just it's not just shock jock type of stuff. Uh, as far as being blacklisted, uh, you know, if it happens, it happens. But I just don't. I could see it happening with AEW, uh, but I couldn't see it happening with WWE. I mean, let me tell you something, Dan. People who don't get the uh, as as the great people on Dan Lebetard say, you don't get the show if you get butt hurt over a show called Wrestle Roast. Like <laughs> a roast is like, yo, we kid because we love. 
They're right, just exactly. jokes. Like, relax. Yes. Like, what I do mean, you look, there's some things we won't touch. Like, you'll never see like an Owen roast uh, right. or something like that. But, dude, we love, I mean, if you know anything about the people on our show, we love wrestling. All of us love wrestling. We had, you know, like Kaz, we have a former WWE writer there. We have Mike Lawrence, who's one of the best roasters in the world. Uh, you know, Scotty, who's who's awesome and is, is just you know, a connoisseur in New Japan, brings in a whole different perspective and hilarious on the show. It, it's just it's a different type of feeling. Um, it really is like uh, it really is. I mean, we love wrestling. We love wrestlers. I mean, Jesus, man, I, I watch. I mean, I watch so much wrestling every week. It's insane, dude. It is insane how much. You know, I'm at least watching 10 hours of wrestling a week because I watch all the shows, right? And that's not even counting, you know, if there's a if there's a takeover or a or a or a pay-per-view or or a or a you know a, a dynamite show. And yeah, so I mean we're we're this, you know, like it it changed. It's not total F and marks anymore, but we still are the markiest marks you're gonna meet. I don't know about you. I found myself watching I almost watch more wrestling when I don't catch the shows if I'm like if it's like, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday and I'm like, oh, I got to just I got to get on YouTube and figure out, like, do my catch up on the, you know, the weekends viewing. Then I find myself going down so many more rabbit holes and then all it's like six hours later and I'm watching some like crazy, like, like grainy OVW footage, you know, with like John Cena as the prototype <laughs> you see, you or something. I selling hot dogs in the background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like it's so like, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 there's there's so much wrestling. You know that story with Big Joe at OVW? He ordered hot dogs from the ring. Like that's really? how impressed <laughs> he was. Yeah, that's, that's a fan, that's a good that's a good gimmick. That's Let me like, tell you this though, and you know what? I don't want to I don't want to take us way off topic and 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 veer off too much. But in pure Russell Rose fashion, can we just talk to the AEW fan real quick? Like <laughs> just oh, for a second. Like oh no, man, we listen, need to. We, Dude, we need to bring puppets and teddy bears. Like it's gotta be a whole plan. Like uh, we, I, I, I usually never. My rule of thumb is I never peruse YouTube comments or right, podcast right, right. comments or anything like that. But one day, I was like, you know what? Let me see what people are saying about the Masked Man show on oh, Pods. No. Right, and I'm reading it, and I'm just like review after review after review it's like oh my god hey they don't show love to aw and they're a bunch of wwe shills and they're this they're that and and it's like yo kaz you ever meet a a democrat that makes you feel like a republican (laughs) all the time especially this week all the time (laughs) that's what that's what aw fans are like for me where i'm like i know i'm a liberal guy why why do i like I think we I think we believe in the same stuff. Like, yeah, know, like, like what is going on? Yeah, it's like, dude, it's like real like if you're not overly complimentary of AEW, if you're not saying it's the greatest thing ever and it's gonna shut WWE down and it's yeah. God's gift to all this whatever, people like AEW fans will really try and like chop your balls off and hand it to you. <laughs> well, I'm just like and I, and I thought their last show was probably the best pay-per-view of the year. Yeah, uh, it was a really um, good show. And we always and, and we always give the like they have oh, not had a bad here. We always give them props. Always. They, they don't have bad pay-per-views. They have bad moments in their pay-per-views. They yeah. have shitty explosion matches. They have some shit that really doesn't have a whole lot of continuity sometimes. That you know what? WWE says does the same thing. And yes. when that happens, it's totally okay to shit on WWE, but God help you. If you say anything negative about Cody's show, so it's (laughs) nuts. Well, I mean, or Cody's segments, which or Cody's segment. Oh my goodness, let's they'll get me started. You know what it reminds me of? Cody's segments later. Do you remember when Bruce Willis embarked on a music career? That's kind of what it feels like. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's like, dude, what is going on, man? Now we're doing Rocky Four. Like I thought, yeah, a shoot like you. There was no. There was there was a moment. There was a moment. During the last pay per view, uh, during Double or Nothing, when Cody came out in that new American Dream outfit, and it clicked to me, I was like, "Oh my god!" Especially after like all the promos, where I was just like, "This guy doesn't really sound like a babyface." Like after, like after all the promos, and he comes out comes out in that costume, I'm like, "Oh, I get it now. He's Homelander." 
Like he's like the all American guy. <laughs> oh that's really God, a dude, that's awesome. I was like, I get and it now. But no, he doubles down. Oh, he <laughs> no, doubles. I'm like, no, really, I'm the good guy. Well, what we <laughs> talked about on our show is like it wasn't bad enough that match. Like they he should have come in on a, like a bald eagle or like Uncle <laughs> Sam, Uncle Sam stilts, you know, and like I don't know. Like, and I think like Anthony Gogo should have come in like dressed as like, you know, King George or something. You know? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. In, in a giant, in a giant like tea. Like Napoleon stuff. Bonaparte and just yeah. <laughs> the Captain yeah. Crunch hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And, and I think that that was her too, because like the more you got to know about Anthony Gogo, the more you liked him as a person. Yes. Exactly. One thousand percent. I'm like, and, oh. and then when he wrestled, you're like, oh, he shouldn't be in this position. I feel bad. He's not ready. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he looks he looks like a million bucks. He can talk yeah. his ass off. And the more he spoke, I was like, I'm kind of rooting for this guy. Kind of hope yeah. he wins. The more I stare at that, the more I'm just, the, the more I just get, get the feeling that like, first of all, the, there's this whole sub t- subtext that I was willfully oblivious to that Cody's using the American dream for one night only to try to get the copyright to that thing back. I have no idea if there's any truth there or whatever, but it does seem like this was a gimmick in search of a villain. And like, maybe like Cody was like, I got this great idea. I'm going to go against Miro and I'm going to be the American dream. And he has this whole thing mapped out. And Tony's just like, well, I can't say no to you, but the problem is we've already got plans for Miro. So just find somebody else, you know, and then, and this is what we got. And Um, wrestling changes because, you know, in the beginning of AEW, I thought Cody's Cody and Jericho segments were the best, you know? And uh, I thought that, you know, the elite kind of wasn't living up to this, you know, new Japan, uh, like you know, you know, I mean, I'm, look, guys, I'm wearing a Kenny Omega shirt. He's, it, it, you know, he's my favorite. Uh, but now it's kind of flipped, and you know, Kenny and the Bucks have kind of figured out who they are. Listen, it's not too late for C- Cody. If you're listening to this, AW fans, I know you. Oh, he's are. a terrific promo. He's a terrific promo. When he doesn't talk about his black and white baby, he is a terrific <laughs> promo. <laughs> that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that was the most batshit. And 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 the fact mm-hmm. that he said he like tested it out in front of friends, yeah. like he like demo ran, like he ran this by people. It was like, oh yeah, no, they're gonna he eat this up. He doesn't have friends, Cassie. He has employees. You know, <laughs> if you're if you're Lee Johnson and you're sitting in a room and he's like, hey, is it cool if I'm a white, let's say the white black baby? Lee's like, yeah, that's great. Uh, that's great. That's great. So I, I get a spot on dark, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cody, Cody. AEW fans, if you're listening, again, you are a great promo. You are a fantastic promo. Yeah, and, even and the AEW fans wrestling. are awesome. Like they made that pay per view. They were yes. amazing. All I'm saying is, you are. It is not too late. It is not too late for you to go full Homelander, Cody. It is not too late. Like it would be so awesome. <laughs> well, I was gonna say that has to be the plan, except for the fact that now it does seem like you can kind of draw a line between Cody losing the match and never fight for the title again or whatever, and then just him totally being set up like setting himself aside in a parallel universe to everything else that's going on. Dave, how much longer can you root for the suit? No, no, no. It's uh, it's he's got to he's got to go. It's he's got to be a heel. I do like that I do like that this started off as a polite a polite conversation to AEW fans and ended up with just, <laughs> just ripping Cody mercilessly for half an hour. We're pretty I mean I like I've met Brandy. She's super sweet. I met Cody. He's super sweet. Yeah. Cody's the nicest man. I think they're both super talented. But they both need to, you know. These I mean, are not personal attacks, guys. These are all these. These are about what we watch on TV. I'm sure Cody and Brandy are fantastic people. I think they're. I think they think they're Prince Harry and Meghan Markle or something. Like I don't know if they know, like, like <laughs> they're a wrestling couple. You know, like they think that they're royalty. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, you know? I was gonna say. Do you think that does that make them anti-American heels if they're <laughs> Prince Harry? And Meghan Markle, they're definitely royalty in a sense. Like let's let's not let's not disrespect the Rhodes lineage. Like it's definitely, it, it makes them pro the USA Network show suits. That's what it makes. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> it's a different kind of USA. All right, we got to move on. I like I like. But listen, AEW. I think the moral of the story is we all love AEW. So. <laughs> Give hundreds of dollars to AEW pay per views. <laughs> That's true. Science. I love they how we got to preface everything with we love AEW because we know how their fans are. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have a goddamn Sting return hoodie. <laughs> uh, well, before you came on, we were just talking about Andrade. On a scale of one to we just signed the Outsiders and we're, we're WCW signed the Outsiders, how big of a deal is, uh, is, is Andrade going to AEW? Uh, I love Andrade in the ring. I thought his match with Gargano and NXT was one of the best WWE matches I've I've oh, never yeah. seen. I yes. thought 
uh, him and Thea Trinidad or Selena Vega were an amazing package. I think that they, I think he's a good hire. Uh, but I, I think that his promos aren't great. I don't think that, I don't think like, look, I understand that like, you know, you don't want to just be one name like Andrade, but now he's got three names, you know, like Andrade L. I know that that's the same name, but that for American audiences, that's what they're going to see. And, uh, you know, it's just, a, you know, like I think Vicky's great, but it made me miss Celine, Zelina Vega, which is probably not what they necessarily wanted to do. I think it's a good hire. I, you know, I don't think, I, as much as I like Mark Henry and as much as I like Christian, I, I don't necessarily think they were great hires. I think it, it was very WCWE, but I, I do think that um, this is this is a very, very good hire. I just don't think they figured it out yet. And I think that, you know, he was given, a, you know, a, apparently I didn't realize this, but on Friday night, that was like the fifth hour of wrestling that audience had watched. So imagine doing your debut um, after, and you could see it in the audience, the audience, when they announced that they were, they were kind of like, like huh? and then when they saw who, it, yeah, yeah, they were like, and then they saw who it was. And then like, it was almost like a wave, like one section would let in another section. Like, yep. It wasn't what you wanted as far as, uh, it, as far, it wasn't Moxley coming back at the board, nothing. So I, I, I think that we haven't, my, my, I'm undecided that that's my, my opinion. Yeah. I got two thoughts on that one. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little upset that they didn't like. And then we spoke about this already. Like it would have been a much better reaction if they saved it for a Kenny Omega interaction. And uh, two um, about like Christians and the Mark Henry's of the world's being like signed to them. I don't think they're bad hires because like the more I've watched the AEW, the more I've realized like, yo, you do need veterans. Like you do need OGs in there. Like you can't just be going balls to the wall. Like you know, you don't need a- veterans that are bigger than everybody else. Well, Mark like, Henry's Mark not going to wrestle. Show hopefully, are bigger than like. <laughs> hopefully, but they're Big like bigger than all the rock. Like, like what's going to happen? Like Big Show sitting next to standing next to Lance Archer makes Lance Archer just look like a guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lance Archer is just a guy. No offense to Lance Archer. Sorry. Damn. Anytime we try to, anytime we start saying some good stuff it's about true. AEW, this is a problem. I loved, I loved Archer in New Japan. He has done it for me here, especially because Jake's promo sound like a hobo sharing vodka in a boxcar. <laughs> but you know. hey, no, no mean things about <laughs> yeah, Jake. All right, no mean words about Jake. Well, you know, Jake's fan. He's one of my favorite ever, but his promos are crazy. <laughs> it also, uh, listen, I, I mean, I'm uh, that this is a weird size, this thing. It also doesn't help that Jake is b- basically bigger than Lance Archer, right? I mean, it's like you're, you're, I've, I, listen, yeah. I've, I've complained about this since the days of watching Colonel Robert Parker back in like Memphis and, and, in WCW. It's like your, your manager should not be taller than the wrestlers. It's just yeah. like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be, no. I thought it was, I thought it was a bad look when Million Dollar Man was Stone Cold's manager because he was bigger than him. Uh, anyway, Diamond Dallas Page, he started off as a manager. <laughs> Every new manager, it should be like the roller coaster height thing, but with with like Malcolm Bivens. If you're hot, if you're taller than Malcolm Bivens, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're not allowed to be a manager anymore. Um, years ago, the one of the f- first time I ever like did a full WrestleMania weekend as a writer, writing when I was writing for Grantland, I, it was in Miami, and um, I was at one of the, like the the wrestle wrestle reunion, you know, autograph shows. And this is when there were this is a weekend where you could I could I did everything. I did all of the wrestling events, including the indie shows. There was only like six things to do, and um, I went to the big autograph show and Jake, the first thing I saw was Jake Roberts in his darker days, eating a McDonald's cheeseburger at one of the front tables. And I, and I led my story with like Jake Roberts is eating a cheeseburger. It was like the first words that I wrote. (laughs) And I got a direct message after the piece came out from someone claiming to be Jake Roberts, denying that he ever ate a cheeseburger. And that's Mm. that I can never think of Jake Roberts without thinking about that from (laughs) now on. Jake Roberts eating a cheeseburger is like the worst ASMR I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's talk about NXT TakeOver in your house since we're just going to make fun of AEW anyway. Um, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, NXT, which is by far the lesser promotion compared to AEW. I just want to put that on the record for all the AEW fans out there. Well, I don't have yes, to believe I, it. Um, I like Dynamite more than, than NXT. Uh, my favorite thing about NXT TakeOver in your house is that we got Doc Hendricks back doing promo packages for it. Um, I love <laughs> I love that Mike Michael- Warren said he looked like Cameron Grimes' aunt. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my fa- uh, my favorite part about it is that in my to, in my memory at least I have not done the research. Doc Hendricks was more was more of like a 
TV friendly Michael Hayes, like a, like a, more of a like a like a clean cut. He had the short hair, it was slicked back. He had the groomed mustache, and for some reason, this iteration of Doc Hendricks, he has like a like a like a Jughead hat on, and I don't really. He looks like he's like yeah, he's from like a I don't know. He just came from a campfire somewhere. I feel like, I feel like, like Doc Hendricks. Doc Hendricks is supposed to be like wrestling Casey Kasem, right? So it's yeah. like, what would Casey Kasem look like in 2021? Exactly the like, same. Kind of like that, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I don't know, but I love me some rare for me to say this, but like Michael Hayes was strangely one of my favorite people when I was oh. working over there. <laughs> like oh, that's was, great. He was hilarious, man. And uh, but yeah, no. Back to uh, NXT Takeover. So speaking of speaking of Cameron Grimes, he's got a ladder match against LA Knight for the Million Dollar Championship. I I cannot imagine a thing that is being played as comedy that has me that would have me more invested than the Million Dollar Championship belt. That is the best belt in the history of belts. And whoever wins this, it has just the built-in push uh, that is going to be actually meaningful. Um, so what LA Knight wins definitely. You think that's an you think that's LA Knight? I think it's LA Knight. I think it, I think it's my, money for him. I think it would be every. I think it's perfect. Except I don't know. My, my only hesitation is that this had to be the idea from the start, and LA Knight's like initial promo packages like didn't. I think we're just like five degrees off from the guy that was going to be the million dollar champion. But anyway, but I could be totally wrong. Dan, who do you think is going to win? I don't know. This one I'm kind of. Um... I mean, I think I'm leaning towards Kaz now, where they're gonna they're gonna have LA Knight win, and then it's gonna culminate in the next takeover where Cameron Grimes, you know, gets the belt, million dollar belt from LA Knight, uh, and DiBiase goes to Cam, Cameron. Although Cameron Grimes really doesn't need Ted DiBiase, you know, that's, that's, no, that's my thing. Him. That's my no, thing. I, yeah, I, need- I feel like Cameron Grimes is like I'm a rich guy. Gimmick is set. Like he doesn't need the million dollar title. He doesn't need to be with the yeah, million dollar like, man. Oh, you know, it's like new new Bo Rich. It's great. I mm-hmm. disagree. I, I don't think he needs Ted DiBiase, but I definitely think he could use the million dollar belt. I think that's just it it projects to the people in the one hundredth row in the stadium what what the gimmick is. Like what this like he's because he's it's it's just so it's such a kind of comedy act that like, you know, you don't necessarily get it right away. And I think that, that I think it, I mean I think that's a main roster gimmick. I also could I, see I, I I agree. There, I, I also think there's a world in which these guys end up teaming up as like the million dollar tag team champions. I don't it's know possible. why. I just you know that that seems like a like a WWE idea. Um, all right, what else do we need to talk about? The uh, the um, dang Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon for the women's championship match. All the other matches are super predictable this year. Yeah, well, I feel like this is a little bit of a reset for them too, right? I think Raquel yeah. Gonzalez. Well, you can disagree with me. I feel like Raquel Gonzalez is going to win. I feel like I have ksh, the 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 Bronson Reed and MSK versus the Legado de Fantasma. Del Fantasma is a little bit. I could I could see it either way, but you got to assume in a winner take all match that like the champions are going to retain. There's just I mean that I think that would be the default point of view. Um, Absolutely. And and for the and for the fatal five way, I mean I I just don't see. I just don't see a path to, for anybody winning except for Kerry and Cross, especially with to the degree they've tried to put over Adam Cole as the threat the past couple of weeks. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but this just feels like a Kerry and Cross retain. I, I, I guess you could, you could, I mean, you could fairly easily make the case for anybody, any of these five, or at least for Adam Cole and you know Kyle O'Reilly. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's something, something sneaky about a Johnny Gargano win. Like there's something there for me. Like I, I feel like with the way and you know the, the how they're kind of being built and they get they got the North American title off of Gargano and he's kind of really become this really shit eating grin smiling heel. You know I could totally see a way where he kind of sneaks off with the with the title, not having to cross paths with Karrion Cross at all. You know, and I feel like it's. I think they're trying to make Karrion Cross a baby face, like or, or something. Like he's not necessarily a heel, but like when you put a guy like that who is clearly bigger than everybody in a five, fatal five way match, you put him in any match that that where he could lose the title and not um, be involved in the pinfall. You always kind of got to look at okay, who's the shittiest person here, and how can they sneak away with this title where you're just like, oh, this motherfucker. Like, how did he do it? And I feel like Gargano kind of fits that bill. Adam Cole's been a little bit too in 
Karen Cross's face to come off as as like a as a sneaky bastard. I think him and Kyle O'Reilly's rivalry isn't necessarily done yet. Still think there's some meat on the bone for that. Who's the Who's the fourth guy in that match? Uh, Pete, Pete Dunn. Pete, Dun- Pete oh, Dunn. Oh God, fuck! I fucking love Pete Dunn. Well, too. I, I think I think Pete Dunn has got. I think his chase for the title storyline is too big of a deal just to put it on a fatal five way. I think he's yeah. got a whole. He, you could yeah. tell that story over six months or something like that. And I think that. I think you're he's right. He's low key Ka- one of the most accomplished dudes in NXT history. So like you can't like just oh here's the title yeah. super quickly. If you want, if you want to, I mean, if you want to reset, if you're going to put Karrion Cross in the main roster or turn him babyface or whatever, yeah, giving it to to Adam Cole or even Kyle O'Reilly and, and kind of putting them off on the side is fine. I th- you know I like what you said about Johnny Gargano. I do think that there's a a world in which if this were a touring show, if all this were happening on Monday Night Raw, then the success that the way has had would mean like, God, of course we're putting the belt on Gargano, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, Because they would be so over in front of a crowd from everything we know about wrestling history. And maybe that's the thinking backstage, even maybe. without the same sort of reaction. I mean, who knows? But they, but, but um, my default is going to be crossed. What do you think, Dan? Uh, well, I'm going to leave after this comment. Sorry, it's a doctor's appointment. But uh, I'm going to go with Cross. And, and for the reason uh, you say, I think it's just going to be a showcase for how brutal he is. I do think that Kaz is right. Like, this is going to be how they take the title off him. But I could see it happening as a triple threat at the next takeover with like him o'reilly and um adam cole because i don't think they're going to pin him until he gets to the main roster uh by the way check out wrestle roasts we had the roast of batista last week we're doing the roast of sting this week cm punk on patreon guys thank you so much for having me on the show thanks for coming on man man. you're always welcome brother all right i'll see you guys soon yes sir take it easy Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, that was that. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Dan St. Germain, for coming on. We still got more we got to talk about here. We got more. I mean, I do think that the overall lesson from In Your House is going to be that this is their little, their, their reset to some degree anyway. I, I, too, I, I, don't know that, I don't know that that means we're going to get a new champion. I think the default is going to be sort of the status quo. Babyface producer John, if, if you can possibly find out if NXT is going to have crowds or, or if they're going to eventually start, you know, letting people in, uh, let me know because that that might determine a lot. Like if they're, it's kind of the same way I'm looking at Hell in a Cell, same way I'm looking at a lot of pay-per-views before July. Uh, are these people, what is going to be the thing that's going to be putting butts back in seats? Like getting people back to come watching these shows. Well, NXT never had a problem putting butts in seats. They're they're at full sale with, you know, or the, sorry, the the Capital, Capital Wrestling Center you know, and they'll they'll get those crowds, and those crowds will be hyped, and and you know, it's a little bit of it's a dream place to wrestle, the cool place to watch a to watch wrestling, apparently. But you know, it's 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 not the same as being out on the road, quote unquote, like the, like Raw is or SmackDown is. Um, let's can we run through Raw and SmackDown really quick since we're talking about being on the road? We got a, a whole a lot, a lot of little resets are happening here. Um, are we headed towards a Roman Reigns Rey Mysterio feud over on the SmackDown side? Do you think that? And and if so, is that a good idea? Um, I think that's where we're heading. Uh, I I, I thought they were gonna kind of push the button on Jimmy versus Roman soon. Um, probably not yet. Baby first producer John says no announced dates for NXT yet. So, uh, as we're staying on Raw, um. I think so. I, I saw the, pre- the preview saying, you know, Dominic got his ass beat. So Ray's going to want, you know, revenge. And Ray is kind of like on the Mount Rushmore of SmackDown. So it would make sense for him to kind of like get one more chance at like going after the big prize, you know. And and Roman Reigns does phenomenal. Like he's already a, an incredible wrestler. All-time great fucking uh big guy, meat fest, you know, brawler type of wrestler. But he does exceptional work 
when he's working with somebody significantly smaller than him and making them look very believable. And nobody does that better than Rey Mysterio. So like, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if we if we got some sort of Rey Mysterio, Roman Reigns little program here and there. Nothing too long. But it, it's not so much out of the realm of possibility because, you know, when you think of SmackDown, you think of Rey Mysterio, you think of The Rock, you think of Edge, you think of Kurt Angle, you think of Brock Lesnar. Rey is, you know, he's just as important as any of those guys. So he, he that's that's the benefit of having a legend like him. Like, it never feels too out of place to have somebody like him kind of... Let's 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 have him let's throw him a universal title match real quick and make it seem believable, you know? It's 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 possible. It's possible. So we'll see. Yeah, I I agree. And I think to me what's most exciting about it, and again, this is maybe a little boring, subtle thing to point out, is just it just shows about it just it's a testament to the, the the mobility between divisions is possible. That's uh, the world is always much more interesting when everything sort of is intertwined with everything else. Um and so that would be really cool if they do, if they do that. I also like that the like the Usos as a tag team now, despite losing their matches or whatever, have have more intrigue. Just even standing without Roman Reigns in the ring, there's more intrigue in that duo interpersonally than there has been in forever. And that's uh and and that's you know that's really cool. A lot of meat on that bone, man. A lot of meat on that bone for the Usos, no matter how long it takes. But I do think eventually we get them get the tag titles back on them. And, uh, you know, you got the the first family of SmackDown, Oos Oos and Chief <laughs> holding all the belts. So uh, I, I think Jimmy comes around eventually. You got to, should we do one of those, like uh, those Beatles, like George and Paul and, and John and Ringo shirts for the just Chief and Oos and Oos and, and uh, Heyman? Chief and Oos and Oos and Paul, we're going to... We're gonna rock those shirts. Um, Have them walking down. What, what's what's the street that they're walking down? The Beatles, uh, uh, Abbey Road, or Abbey uh, Road? Penny Lane? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yes, hilarious. Absolutely. Um, what do you think about? What do you think about CM Punk now? Seems to jump in the fray at least once a week, or at least a, a, a quote of his goes nuts at least once a week. And this this week it was. I think last week it was I was I kept on seeing his quote about how WWE is like a blockbuster budget and cast, but with you know bad writing and people watch it because they like movies. This week he was it was maybe it was from the same interview for all I know, but it was he was saying how Roman Reigns is just the best in the business, you know, in WWE by a long shot, and he's like, but you know, it's classic WWE. They they turned him five or ten years too late. Is it five um, or ten or two years too late if uh, it's working? Just as planned. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, it's a it's a it's a great question. It's, yeah. I mean, it's it's listen, Hollywood Hogan. We might have been more outraged if he had turned heel. You know, if he had li- joined up with Sergeant Slaughter when he was pro Iraqi. I mean, that there yeah. there are ways that you can imagine greater outrage. But I also kind of think there's a lot of times Hogan could have turned heel in WWF and every and nobody would have accepted that as a heel turn. You know, like oh, he could have. Oh, I think he was totally the heel when he was going up against Macho Man. Yeah, so many times. But, that, but that's, guts. but that's, but that's sort of the point. If he had just said, "You know what, Million Dollar Man, I'm teaming up with you and Andre the Giant. You guys, mm-hmm. like you, you guys are making a lot of sense." I think the fans would have been like, "Okay, Million Dollar Man and Andre. I mean, and, yeah, and Andre are baby faces now. Like they would have, you know, yeah. they, they wouldn't have understood." I think that. And what on top made, of that, the Hollywood Hogan turn doesn't have any burn to it at all. If it if it happened a moment too late. Like if it happened yeah. a moment too soon, it does not hit the same at all. And it gave Hulk Hogan no. another like fifteen years of relevancy. Like, well, that's so, so the relevancy thing is is right. And what, I mean, what you're making the right point, which is, you know, the short version of this is Hulk Hogan was his baby face, you know, hero for twenty years, and then they turned him heel, and how brave that was. But like the entire WCW to run up to that point was just a schmoz. Like it, like mm. even like people were cheering for Hulk Hogan and kids liked him and stuff like that. But it was like a pale shadow of what, of his, you know, his WWF heyday, his WWF run at the end was a pale shadow of what he'd done before. Yeah. And yeah, it wasn't just shitty remix of a real I, American. On WCW. If, He's a man. <laughs> if, he, if he, if he had been as over in WW, I mean, in, 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 right before his heel turn, if he had been at his peak, then they would have never turned him. I mean, that's just the way it, it works. And it, it wouldn't, it probably wouldn't have been as effective. Anyway, long story short, Roman Reigns, they should have turned Roman Reigns sooner, though. I mean, yeah. it would, it, but this moment right now would not have been as good. That, that's I mean, the that, thing. So so here, here's my thing there, right? Like, if they turn him sooner, they turn him as, like, 
I don't know. Is he the guy that turns on the shield first? Is he the guy who goes corporate? Is he still like vest wearing dude, but just like the bad guy? Like, does it hit the same as it hits now where he's had all this success as a baby face and all the success as like a dominant baby face that not only does he have a completely different personality, all of his promos ring true. Being the head of the table, being the person that puts butts in seats, person who's main evented all the WrestleManias, all that type of stuff. Like the heel work doesn't ring true if you don't build this guy up as an unstoppable good guy first. Like, granted, I feel the same way about Cena. I feel like they should have turned Cena at least once. Um, but with Roman, yeah, you could have turned him a little earlier. But I don't think you enjoy that turn as much as you're enjoying this right now. I think right now he's he's a fully formed, fully actualized character that you can understand if you followed him since his debut with The Shield. Like, it all makes perfect sense. Even if you haven't followed him since The Shield, if you know his family, if you know his dad, if you know Heyman's story with Lesnar, it all makes better sense now than, you know, him just being the guy who who breaks the shield up or or anything like that. Like, sometimes... Sometimes they get it right and sometimes they get it wrong. And CM Punk, who is who has forgotten more about wrestling than I'll ever learn, I can't say he's right here. Uh, I, I think, you know, I think they turned him just at the right time. I think he needed... I, I don't think there's any... There's an argument to be made that with the pandemic, with the Thunderdome with all this stuff and even the depending on how you look at it how WWE has kind of been up and down the past year and a half where would they be without Roman Reigns <laughs> like if he was just not there or decided to stay home or was still a baby oh, face yeah. or was still the same guy like oh, where would yeah. they be really you're in, a, in really shitty shape so I feel like they're in, in, in some ways I feel like they're the lack of crowd and the pandemic and all this stuff, like the ability to really tell the story was kind of pushed upon WWE where they had to do this and it's, it's working out and, and we're definitely going to see it more once that crowd comes back. I saw it at WrestleMania. Can't wait to see it on a weekly basis in July. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. Um, we have a billion other things we could talk about. Uh, you know, we're going to actually have a, I think we're going to have a special guest on next week. Uh, as well, and then we're gonna be we're gonna get a lot of raw talk in. So Big I'm gonna special guest. Yeah, we, so, I'm not gonna tease it though. Nah, don't, it'll be don't, better. Yeah, no, it'll be a better surprise. You'll see it when it pops up in your feed next week. But, don't ruin the pop. <laughs> but we are gonna talk. I'll just tell you this: there's gonna be a lot of raw talk next week, so we can push the we can push pause on that for now. We got to get out of here. But th- before we go, uh, I do want to touch on the fact that Leo Rush is apparently retired from retired from pro wrestling just very shortly after debuting for AEW. Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, uh, Leo Rush is a good friend of mine. We spoke, we speak all the time, but we spoke briefly uh, this week. Not a work. He's legit hurt. Um, He's gone through a lot, personally, physically. He's still young. He just had some kids. And, um, you know, he's, um, I wish the best for him, man. Like, Leo Rush, uh, my time in WWE, a lot of my, my most fun times was working with Leo and being able to kind of like help mold that clay into that the majority of that WWE run. And um, he's one of my favorite people on earth, man. He's such a genuine dude. Um, he, <laughs> he tells you exactly how he feels, like no matter what. And um, the thing with him is I, I think he's just so supremely talented and it sucks that like he had such an incredible moment at Double or Nothing and, you know, it, it kind of, was gone in a flash because of, of a freak injury. I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to be all right because, you know, he's he's done the smart thing and was doing stuff outside of WWE as far as outside of wrestling as far as like music is concerned. And he was on the challenge on MTV and all that type of stuff. So the upcoming uh, Power Rangers movie as well. So like he's been doing some things that has kind of set him up to, you know, be in good shape for somebody so young. He's only 26 years old, man. Like he's a kid still, you know, but he's got some grown man uh, responsibilities. Um, so, I mean, I wish, I wish nothing, you know, I want to go publicly and say like, I wish him nothing but the best, but I'll tell you this, this is definitely not the last time you've seen that guy, man. He's going to be all right. I'm glad you're here to say that. 
I'm glad I'm glad you had the inside scoop on that too. I hope I, I wish nothing but the best for him too. I mean, it, we all got to make tough decisions sometimes, you know. Yeah. And this is and and taking care of your family. Well, sometimes it's not actually a tough decision, but he's got he's got a brand new newborn. He just got married to the love of his life. He's got family to take care of, and he's you know without giving away too much of our conversation, you know, I'll say. It takes a lot of foresight to be able to know when it's time to walk away in a in a in a company and well in the industry where a lot of people don't know when it's time to walk away. And we see we've seen how tragically that ends with a lot of people, you know. Um we've seen it too many times. So as a fan of him and as his friend, I'm sad that he's not going to be doing what he's he's wanted to do for most of his life but i'm glad he's had enough foresight and enough you know uh, uh you know sense of and of knowledge of self to know what was really important like holding his kids being with his family yep being able to take care of his family mm-hmm. you know that is the most important thing so you know praise and props to him that's my boy for life you know what it is and um you know um but he'll be all right. He'll be all right. Shout out to Leo, man. That is probably the most level-headed, sane, sober take you could possibly have on the subject. And that's why I'm so happy to be doing the Masked Man show with you. And nonetheless, we will all still be fantasy booking Leo Rush as Paul Heyman's next, uh, next yes, sir. Uh, client. <laughs> <laughs> Until like 2029. That'll be the, that's all we're going to Man, He's got the gift of gab, bro. So you never, you, you just never know. You just never know. So we'll see. Oh, so great. Uh, you want to get some plugs in on the way out, man? Yes, sir. Check out Say Less with Kaz, Lowkey, and Rosie every Monday, wherever you stream podcasts and on youtube.com slash Kazim. Check me out on MSGPM. We are returning June 21st every Monday night, Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. Check your local listings if you got the MSG Network, if you got AT&T, Fubo, live in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. Check it out. Me and my co-host Monica McNutt will be holding it down every Monday through Friday starting June 21st. Can't wait. Either June 21st or whenever the Islanders get eliminated, but we'll be on their TV screens again um, talking Knicks, football, baseball, everything. And uh, I think that is it. I think that's it, brother. Oh, shoot. And check me out on Ultimate Hell in a Cell on WWE Network oh, yeah. coming up this week. You know what I mean? Check us out. WWE Network on Peacock this week. Uh, so check that, that was out. Close. That'll be fun, man. That'll be fun. Close call. You almost got disinvited. Almost. Back to do any more stuff for them. Um, <laughs> thank you for doing that. You can catch me here. You can catch me on the Press Box podcast. Uh, you can catch me around other places, too, if you pay attention. Apologies, as always, to John. You know what? For this week, apologies to AEW and all of his fans. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Promote. I love you, Tony Khan. I love you, Cody Rhodes. I love you, anybody that wrestles or enjoys AEW. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Masked Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. 